Welcome to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank. Campbell, my brother in the UFO community and my brother in arms, my brother with the two house plants. I'm going to do in between two ferns, and this is my exotic light trope behind me. Hi, Robbie. How's it going? It's great to be back. It's been a while, man. Yeah, it has. Uh, right. When was the last time? Uh, October or November, maybe? Probably October. Maybe. I don't know. I think you were on in like yeah, it might have actually been October. I don't know. They all start to blend together, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I was on uh, the UCR show with uh, Daniel Miller. They're doing, uh, I think I was talking about the article that I presented on that show, on your show first. So uh, I think that that was sort of the lineup. I got an exclusive. Yeah, yeah, sneak peek. I've been so far out of the community. And like I was telling you off air, look, you can poke a lot of fun at the community. But God, they just I don't know. I, I hate to because I know it's going to enrage some people like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And I've heard that people have said that. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I doubt they know what they're talking about either. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's just a lot of infighting I'm seeing with a lot of people. And I'm like, this is like the main reason that probably there's not a lot of information out there is people blocking people getting angry people that I know used to like, like when I had like people have seen your episodes there are people like he doesn't know what he's talking about and then there'll be people like he was the best one on there and I'm like I think you know he's rational a lot of his things I definitely have changed my perspective from the whole weather phenomena thing um I don't know just because there's I think maybe it might be the weather phenomena still but the government seems like they're incentivizing the idea that it's aliens a lot more than they were, at least when we last chatted, they've kind of gone full scale into it a little bit too. Even so much so as I think I got this article I can show you. Um, this is on the NSA.gov's website. Um, and it's called the government. Are they stonewalling you or the CIA? Are they stonewalling you? And it literally just talks about perhaps this part here, perhaps most disturbing in the very fact that after 30 years, 32 years, a small but significant percentage of UFOs still remains unidentified. While the government has been concerned with the psychological danger the UFO phenomenon poses, it has been an unwilling to consider the prospect that some UFOs pose an actual physical threat. Fearful of generating undue concern, the government has deliberately chosen to debunk UFO reports and has misinformed the public as the true importance of the phenomenon. Now, before we dive into this, because I mean, we can examine it's only two pages of it. Um, this is a lot like, you know, when you see Wendy's and Arby's fighting on fucking Twitter and it's like, Jesus, okay. they're, they're roasting each other. Like they're just lighting each other up with tweets or something like that. That's the same thing like Pfizer was doing to Johnson and Johnson and Moderna was doing it to Johnson and Johnson. Now I have the NSA doing it to the CIA where I'm just like, dude, like what the I want this. It's fun to watch when you're favorite fast food places that you go and stuff your face until you develop type two diabetes are fighting each other. But when it's like government agencies, I'm like, God, like it, it, the UFO community is the exact same way. 
that looks threatening for sure to see the two uh, different major intelligence branches potentially uh, arguing. Um, now, what this art this article is on the uh, NSA archives, but who published this article is something I would ask. Like, uh, like what's the origin of this? Because there's actually a lot of interesting stuff. Like, okay, that's when Air I do Air Force, nineteen eighty. Well, that's the part that, okay, that's the quote at the top. So I'm a bit confused by the actual origin of the document. It looks like it might Richard actually Hall? be, yeah, I don't know who that is. So that that's, that's, would be a good search because, okay, what these agencies do, and it's uh, well-documented, is that they put news reports and other like, you know, tabloid articles into the middle of these archive documents. And uh, so then uh, it kind of will mislead people sometimes into focusing on that content because it's more sensational. And then the actual reports are in there, but they're kind of like mixed along together with uh, random article. Well, not random, but the articles are based on like UFOs or something, but it's, it's like kind of a fucking LinkedIn. Military Deputy Natick Labs at U.S. Government. Okay, so maybe is this actually an NSA document? I'm just not familiar with it. And then if we back out, see, there's there's Wiki. He's on WikiLeaks. Okay. Let's see what the WikiLeaks. Yeah, yeah. Is. That's him. He looks like Colin Mockery from fucking Who Finds It Anyway. That's um. That's a Canadian uh, boy, Colin Mockery. Colin Mockery is. Yeah, that guy's Australian though. That's uh, Julian Assange. Said Richard Hall's WikiLeaks made by the NSA four-part documentary. Okay, so there's four parts you got to click on that I'm not fucking doing. But let's well, go back yeah. to the CIA stonewalling. It says, based on the 892 pages of UFO-related documents released to lawyer Peter Gersting, it is clear that the CIA's professed non-interest in the UFOs is untrue. There's an internal evidence of non-continuity with the CIA and even of one group of analysis being unaware of other files to previous work. This is not surprising considering the highly compartmentalized nature of the agency but periodic studies or reviews were ordered in ufo reports foreign and domestic were routinely monitored over long periods of time the statement is sometimes made that the cia has no formal study of ufos other than 1953 robertson panel but these documents show that the agency kept and no doubt keeps plenty of channels open to gather information including an acknowledged channel into the 1966-1968 university of colorado ufo project i mean yeah i mean uh, that's all uh, i think that that's all probably correct and um, there's a interesting little story i could uh just run, give a brief rundown of so yeah me, like I'll in 19 the here. big thing that happened with ufos that uh, isn't often talked about is in 1952 in july 1952 in washington dc there were a series of days where i mean we would call them ufos were flying around over the national capital of the united states it's called the washington uh flyover event i believe jets were scrambled they were on radar tons of witnesses when that happened uh the government started actually taking it seriously based not on just uh, leaks and stuff, but on National Archives records. My perspective is a bit different from other uh, UFO researchers because I focus almost exclusively on high credibility academic sources. So National Archives peer-reviewed published uh, papers in formal journals. So after this thing happened in July, 1952, where the tons of people saw these things, the fighter pilot, like there's a radar operator talking to the fighter pilot flying among the objects being like, I'm in the, group of them what do i do and the radar operator talks about how the commander did not answer the pilot because he didn't know what to say because he didn't 
you know, they were all stunned that these things seemed to exist. Now, the CIA did that Robertson panel after that, and that was a scientific uh, panel brought together by the CIA to come up with what the heck's going on with UFOs. That report was completed January 1953, and that's the Robertson panel that that article just referenced. That article concluded that UFOs do not pose a national security threat. There is like a two-page synopsis of the actual report that's publicly available through the National Archives Declassified Through Freedom of Information. The reasons that they arrived at the conclusions are not publicly known. The information in that two-page summary, and it's a uh, you know easily uh, searchable um, Robertson panel 953. They say that the important part with UFOs is to train radar operators to distinguish between UFOs, which are not a threat, and true threats, i.e. Soviet airborne weapon systems. Now, we can take that to mean a lot of things, but uh, when you start looking at other declassified American government documents, like, for example, U.S. Air Force documents, you actually see that stuff like this was happening before that. And in the late 40s, at Los Alamos was actually where the whole UFO thing started to get taken seriously by the government. The United States Air Force uh, was tasked with investigating reports from the nuclear physicists at Los Alamos, which was the major nuclear uh, facility in the United States, New Mexico. They kept seeing green orbs or fireballs in the sky that didn't behave like meteors. And uh, you know the government took this seriously because they thought potentially they were Soviet weapon systems. The U.S. Air Force investigated. That investigation um, was called Project Twinkle, and it was part of Project Grudge, which was later turned into the uh, Project Blue Book, which resulted in the other study they referred to there, the uh, University of um, Colorado 1966 to 68 study, which you know the Air Force was uh, seemingly heavily involved in pushing a debunking narrative. The U.S. Air Force in the early 50s when they were studying the Los Alamos thing, their report said they can't be sure what's going on, but they quoted uh, Dr. Kaplan, who's a top nuclear physicist there, as saying that he has reason to believe that the phenomena are natural phenomena. That doesn't mean that they are natural or that all UFOs are natural, but it seems as though, based on National Archive records, that governments going all the way back to the 50s, and these types of documents exist for the UK and the United States, the governments seem to believe, and maybe they're wrong about this, that these are exotic, natural, atmospheric phenomena similar to, but different from ball lightning based on electrochemical uh, forces and a variety of uh, natural forces, and they're principally electromagnetic in nature. They might be wrong about that, but that's what the archive documents indicate. And everything the government has done since then and all of the records since then indicate that that is how they are operating, that they recognize, they think that these are some kind of things similar to ball lightning and they want to try, and this is actually in a, the 2000 document we've talked about previously from the UK, they want to secretly, in the explicitly detailed, militarize these objects secretly because they think they can produce some very meaningful technological advancements through understanding the mechanism that contains the uh, energy. Yeah, there's a section in this two-page article that says UFO as advanced technology. It says the government's position, there has been no evidence submitted to discover or 
to or discovered by the Air Force that sightings categorized as unidentified represent te technological developments of principles beyond the range of present-day scientific knowledge. And that was the Air Force in 1980. And it says the official documents reveal hundreds of sighting reports, many confirmed by the radar and other tracking devices that describe unconventional objects exhibiting advanced performance characteristics involving maneuverability, speed, size, and shape. A defense, a defense intelligence agency document reveals that on September 19th, 1976, American-made Iranian jets encountered several UFOs that exhibited a technology beyond present-day development. During the nighttime encounter, one F-4 jet, upon approaching one of the UFOs, lost all instrumentation and communications functions. Another F-4's weapon control panel became inoperable when the pilot attempted to fire at the object. The DIA evaluation October 12th, 1976 refers to that incident as an outstanding report because the objects were seen by many witnesses of high credibility. The visual sightings had radar communications, similar electromagnetic effects, and were reported by three separate aircraft and physiological effects were reported by some of the crew members. Furthermore, the UFOs displayed an inordinate amount of maneuverability. A State Department message March 7, 1975 from the American Embassy to Algiers tells of strange machines seen near Algerian military installations by respectable people. Some of the sightings were confirmed by radar. Now, the reason why this has piqued my interest so much is because I think from our first conversation that I talked about UFO being maybe an advanced technology that the government hasn't really released to us yet, and we just haven't seen anything prior to this, it just brings into some weird territory. Because I think with the community now, and also with some of the articles that I'm seeing now, especially to do with the CIA.gov and the NSA.gov, they're talking about these military invasion effects that are happening with UFO. UFOs, that not really military approaching UFOs, but the UFOs harm that's not being reported about the invasion processes that are going on that actually might be harming our health. There was an article um, recently, if you type in UAP or UFO or something like that, you'll get something that says like, is are aliens affecting our health? And you start realizing like, are they doing something like this? And I don't know what this is because it's not explaining and there hasn't been clear evidence if there is alien or extraterrestrial life. Some people will argue that for sure. But now mm -hmm. they're like rolling with the punches like if they're making a clickbait fucking article. And I don't understand. And this is where it starts to get littered with misinformation. Now, my whole perspective has changed since I've talked to an experience or person about the UFO type thing. And I thought it was... Abduction. That's a cool story to have. And they're like, no, it's fucking horrible because you're literally kidnapped and you have no, no power to be able to do anything like that. I have no fucking clue. Um, it's just very, very weird when I'm reading an article like this that's written the way it's written. And I mean, it's on their website and they're decrediting each other. Which makes mm -hmm. it like, aren't we supposed to have faith in these institutions? Like, here's one that says, in March 1967, an intercept technician with the USAF Security Service intercepted a communication between the pilot of a Russian-made Cuban MIG-2 and his command, uh, his command, I guess that's control, a UFO encounter. The technician has, it, they underlined it, so it's crossing out some of the words, has since stated that when pilot attempted to fire at the object the mig and his pilot were destroyed by the ufo furthermore the technician alleges that all reports tapes log entries and notes on the incident were forwarded to the national security agency at their request not surprisingly several months later the agency drafted a report entitled ufo hypothesis and survival question released in october 1979 under the u.s freedom of information act the report states that the leisurely scientific approach has too often taken 
precedence in dealing with the UFO question, the agency concluded that no matter what UFO hypothesis is considered, all of them have serious survival implications. Comparing the UFO problem to a rattler on a forest path, the NSA report, the NSA report says you would have to treat the alarm as if it were a real and immediate threat to your survival. Investigation would become an intent i guess intentive emergency action to initiate the threat and to determine the precise nature it would be geared to developing adequate defense measures in a minimum amount of time so i mean they're talking about it like it is a type of military not like it's created by military but it's a ufo but they're making military defense plans like in case this thing does pop up again you have to be weary and cautious when approaching this thing or doing anything just to make sure that we're not at risk of our own survival or we're not going to be destroyed and it, it just I mean, you keep getting more and more and more information. It seems like every single podcast that I listen to that's involved in this community seems to happen to do with more about like space travel or these time dimensions. And it goes down this fucking long rabbit hole where I'm like aliens or no aliens, <laughs> you know, like just well, just tell me. And that's the confusing part. And kind of the interesting part is that there is a middle ground now. <laughs> Skeptics say that I'm a UFO researcher. You know, the UFO community often calls me a skeptic. I consider myself to be more closely in the UFO community than the skeptic community. Historically in my life, before I took this subject seriously, after President Obama said that there are objects in the skies that are unidentified and we can't explain their trajectories, that made me think about it. Before that, you know, my whole life, I was, you know, certainly uh, in the skeptic group. I'm an atheist. I have no... Uh, belief in the supernatural in any sort. Um, I have a, you know, a, a logical reasoning degree from one of the top universities in Canada. I went to one of the top law schools in Canada. I have a very strong academic background. So I approach the subject from a heavy, heavily academic, uh, you know, background, and that's how I focus on it. A lot of people in this uh, community are not, uh, I don't know, trained to focus on high credibility academic sources. So then there is all of this conflicting stuff that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And that's when I got into it, I got frustrated, sort of like what you're talking about. None of this seems to make any sense. Why is there nobody making any sense? When I actually went into the pure information, not interpretations, just peer reviewed physics papers published in credible journals and national archives records and personally directly reading them you see that there is information that people do not want to talk about because it conflicts with a predetermined conclusion i don't have any predetermined conclusions i don't care i mean it matters but i don't have any interest in proving or disproving aliens some kind of interdimensional thing some kind of atmosphere thing you know so it be it being purely psychological it could be potentially any of those things. I am heavily on the side of the UFO community in that sense, because I recognize there is probably based on the evidence, some kind of exotic or extraordinary kind of object actually causing these witness observations. I believe most witnesses are telling the truth and for the most part, accurately describing what they saw. The question is, what could that be based on the best available evidence? And that's where my research led me. And it's exactly what you're talking about with the, th the threat. 
I took it seriously because after Obama said, oh, there are things in our skies that we can't identify and they have trajectories we can't explain. I'm like, if these things are actually like aliens flying around in our skies, maybe I'll change some things in my life to actually reflect that reality because that's an extremely important potential development. When I got into it, everything that I could find from a credible source suggests that the governments believe and this is from their own national archives, that these represent a natural phenomena similar to, but different from ball lightning, large ball lightning. In the last 20 years, and this is where the peer reviewed journals got interesting, physics, professors, you know, academics, there's tons of peer reviewed papers now available on the subject. There's like a dozen ways to replicate ball lightning in the lab. Ball lightning was observed in nature and its uh, spectral, uh, spectrum was analyzed and published in a prominent scientific journal in 2014, as of 2006, the Max Planck Institute for Plasma Physics has reliably reproduced an equivalent to ball lightning in the lab. There's no question that this kind of object can exist. The often what I hear back from people is, well, ball lightning can't get that big. Ball lightning can't look like discs. Ball lightning can't look like cylinders. Ball lightning can't look like ellipsoids. It can't look solid. It can't look this, it can't look that. I go into the peer-reviewed, published academic papers by physicists who study ball lightning, and they talk explicitly about the shapes can be disks, can be ellipsoids, can be cylinders, can be spheres, they can look solid, it can do all these things. There are all these different electrochemical processes that explain all these things. And at this point, I am not interested in proving or disproving aliens or anything. I'm just looking at the information and trying to make sense of it based on the best way we have to determine truth in the world, which is the scientific method, which has a bunch of flaws, but it's the best thing we got. And, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if you know, uh, Matt Dillahunty, he's like a public intellectual. He says, you know, I want as many of the things I believe to be true as possible. How do you do that? Applying a rigorous screening process with the scientific method. And that's what I've come to. And so the information is very clear on this. The government thinks that all UFOs are these ball lightning things. They might be wrong about that. Maybe they're throwing out the signal with the noise, the noise being these exotic atmospheric phenomena. And that's what my last paper was about. I identified these government reports are explicitly saying they think that these things are real and that they're ball lightning and they're trying to secretly weaponize them. If they happen to be wrong, and are suppressing knowledge about the UFO phenomenon because they're trying to secretly weaponize it, which is what they say they are doing in the 2000 uh, UAP and the UK Air Defense Region report, explicitly say we are secretly weaponizing these things. If they are doing that, and it turns out at some point that there are actually alien ships that were thrown out from the signal and the noise, that would be the most profound negligent act the government has ever undertaken, in my opinion profoundly negligent beyond any uh, understanding because they would allow something that insane. And I think that, that, that that's what I wrote the last paper about. It was shocking to me that I can see in the archives that they are saying that these things are real and that they think they're these natural phenomena and they're trying to exploit them secretly, but they aren't putting it into public. Inf uh, they are not subjecting that evidence to a public uh, peer review process. And therefore, we cannot be sure that they are correct. And that is terrifying. First, I would <laughs> like to say, I love your beard, by the way. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, the COVID to, beard. I won't be wanting to comment on that for a while now. 
Um, also, do you feel find yourself feeling stressed? Because I feel like you can probably get like, are you getting any criticisms right now? It seems like you seem a little bit more stressed than we, when we usually talk. <laughs> stressed. Um, well, I mean, uh, let me think. I mean, has the community been abrasive or have you gotten any comments on well, any of your work? Certainly. Yeah. I, uh, like I uh, alluded to, I, um, some, you know, some members of the UFO community are actively uh, encouraging and interested. Other members are incredibly mean and aggressive and hostile. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that psychologically. Um, you know, anytime that somebody experiences uh, exposure to information that they feel rightly or wrongly, uh, challenges a deeply held belief that is a component of their um, core personality, you're going to react, uh, you know, instinctively uh, to that in a negative way. So that's how I interpret it. I don't take it personally, but it's uh, definitely not like uh, really fun to experience that side of it. Yeah, um, I can. I mean, I can understand. I think I probably I've talked to the whole kind of scale view, whether it's experience or whether it's research or whether it's whatever you want to say. I've kind of experienced it all a little bit in a sense. Um, so I understand everybody's perspective. And I mean, it's very, very hard to not get angry because you feel like you're so convinced that it's this. It's kind of like talking to someone who believes in like the microchip thing to them that's their whole reality and it's very very hard if you even just put up something you're more biased i say not biased in like a certain view but more like in an even standpoint where you're like so what if it is so what if it isn't that's kind of how i am with it um it's kind of like joe rogan talks to so many people i have respect for him only because i talk to so many people so i can see the whole scale board of like i don't have any confined opinions in anything and a lot of people feel like they're stuck in their ground on a lot of things so any new information or anything that comes in they want to quickly dismiss it because they're right in a sense. I mean, when I even hop into Twitter space and I hear all the influx of fighting back and forth, um, it gets difficult. But I think I land <laughs> in this. I think I land in this side where it's like, if if it's not government tech, then why would the government just be so hundred percent into aliens now and disclosing all this? They wouldn't give you that information, but I do have more respect for the guy who runs the black vault site because I've seen, see, all right. So I'll ask you this quick question before I get into that. Where is your, do you trust more of scientific peer reviewed articles? Do you trust more of the government giving you a quotation or a standpoint or an article about it? Do you trust more of the experience or do you trust more people doing their own independent research involved in the community who aren't, under like a certain PhD or under certain thing that has a, a specific qualification in this? I try not to trust anybody. You know, obviously I do uh, instinctively trust some things more than others, but I try to be conscious of that. I would say that mostly what I trust are natural science experts, you know, professors, academics who have published peer reviewed papers on the subject. Um, I don't trust the contents of the National Archives inherently, but what I do trust is the process. So it's like, we know that this document came from the National Archives. That's not true for a lot of the documents that are uh, the most prominent in the UFO community because the National Archives documents do not principally support a non-human intelligence hypothesis. Um, you know, if I was to focus and prefer the non-human intelligence hypothesis, I would not be prioritizing peer-reviewed academic sources, because it's not, it, they, those don't directly support a non-human intelligence hypothesis. I'm not concerned with 
promoting any particular outcome. And the thing is, is that the information leads me into these various categories. And it's simply a question of uh, probability at that point. So basically like, you know, peer review process reduces the odds of it being false information. It doesn't eliminate it, but it reduces it. When there's multiple peer reviewed papers on similar subjects saying the same thing in different journals that are all, uh, you know, high quality, then it increases the odds of that information being accurate. It doesn't prove it, but it increases the odds. So that's how I sort of focus on my attention on the evidence. Typically, I tend to spark more of an interest when I see someone get really upset about a topic, mostly because I'm like, I want to understand why you're getting so upset about it. You've obviously seen something that's very convincing to you about it. Um, but I, I prefer someone like yourself who comes on the show and knows a lot of their shit, at least can give me a lot of like a, a basic rundown rather than sit there and giving me vague answers on every single thing. Um, it's not like I'm not saying I'm just asking questions. I'm saying it just seems like you do more studying on this account. This is where I have more respect from the guy from the Black Vault website. When I see that he's per like going after and literally trying his hardest to stick his neck out and ask for freedom of information articles, coming with all this shit, requesting all this type of stuff, waiting months upon months, getting I think there was a letter I read on his site that was from like October uh, 2021, and they responded on the 2022 of January this month. And it was like, man, you waited like three months with no answer, just a response back. And then they sent you something that had barely to little to no information on the fucking thing. But there was some stuff where I was like, okay, you gave me what I asked for, but it seems like you're hiding something. That's where I start looking at that person of like, okay, these are the people that I'm looking at for, you know, more of an unbiased kind of point, mostly because they actually care about the subject and they're going full into it. I don't fucking trust academics for shit. Um, there are some academics that I know and I trust, but man, there's a lot of people People in academia, it's a competition thing. Avi Loeb is the best example of that. I mean, Avi Loeb talked about that there was a that uh, wasn't a comet, wasn't an asteroid, but it was in space, long yeah. pencilar shape. You know how many Boom, people, blah, blah, blah. fifty something uh, physicists and astrophysicists that were attacking him, saying he was a fucking mm -hmm. liar, and it was like he's he's very he just doesn't have social media to protect himself. He's getting fucking lit up. But you know, like academia. Well, Academia is challenging because everyone has a bias in a certain point of view when it comes to things. And if one person wants to say ball lightning can never be this, then they're going to make sure that they'll never look at the other evidence to make sure it always sticks with their point and they can convince you that it is. But when I watch like another show or something where they're talking to people, every like another sign to me that I don't listen to this person is if you use very, very large and eccentric words, every fucking phrase that you say, when you have 50 of them in one sentence, I don't fucking believe you anymore. You're so, you're mm. trying to sound smart. And I've seen that in some of these places where I just tune the fuck out. It, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very useful skill to fucking Toss in a bunch of words like you just boondoggle, just fucking toss it out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> People don't know what it means, but they'll nod their head to not look stupid. But that's where I start to question. I'm like, are you getting anything out of this? Are you so afraid that someone's going to view you in a certain way that you might have less or you might be crazy or something like that? Why do you care? They're not involved in your life anyway. It's just there's so much flip flopping. And for me, I have a skeptical trust in the fucking government in general. I don't fucking trust the thing that they do. But it's just it makes it even more confusing to try and get the answers of things, because I mean, to say that there's not something that is very skeptical or very weird about all this stuff is out of the realm of possibility. It definitely is. Um, but 
why are they flipping the narrative? Why is yeah. the government now going 100% into it, like throwing coal in the fire rather than doing their best to try and keep it out, which I'm wondering why that narrative flopped. Now I'm starting to be more skeptical of like, I think you're trying to bring us down a wrong rabbit hole again. Right. Um, okay. Let me think. Okay. There are a couple of things. Avi Loeb, that was a really good example that you gave. Um, now the cool part about that was that Avi Loeb, <laughs> Pat myself yes, on the back. Bad. Yeah. Um, so Avi Loeb uh, published his um, theory in a peer-reviewed journal saying the, the evidence available based on empirical observations. So that's collecting data based on using sensors and things, measurable, you know, uh, reviewable. He says the data best fits this not being a natural object. And we know it came from us at the solar system. That's interesting. So it's possible it could be an artificial object from outside the solar system. And he published that. And then, like you're saying, there were a bunch of papers challenging it. And then he published a series more of academic papers in peer-reviewed journals identifying every single exact argument being made against his arguments. And those all got published. And he, in my opinion, obviously it's arguable, has successfully challenged every single one of those arguments and uh, the most recent argument he made that's extremely convincing is that recently an object similar but within our solar system was discovered uh, exhibiting ex extremely similar properties to Oumuamua um, and they got a close-up view of it and it's a spent rocket booster uh, from humans uh, and so the closest visual approximation to what we saw with Oumuamua is a human-made artificial object, and that's consistent with the data that Avi Loeb's been saying the whole time. So that's a, a good example where the peer review process actually does something, but you're right, and the biggest problem, and Avi Loeb has talked about this frequently, the intellectual, not social, intellectual conservatism in the scientific community is stifling, and they, through ridicule and putting down uh, sort of frontier research, innovative thinking, you know, there's reasons for that, but because they are so aggressive in putting that type of thing down, they do stifle innovation to some extent. So huge problems. That said, maybe, I mean, in my opinion, the best way to arrive at some semblance of the best possible information available in a given subject. Um, and I'll just say for John Greenwald, I agree entirely with you that he's extremely credible. Um, he does not speculate. And that's uh, important uh, in some ways, because I like to speculate. I talk, I speculate sometimes, you know, we've speculated on this program. It comes back and bites you off and people will discount anything you say after they hear you speculate on something, even if you're crystal clear about it. Um, John Greenwald does never, even in like the 25 years he's been collecting these archive documents, he does not speculate ever on the reason why um, the government is doing what they're doing now. Um, I'm willing to speculate on why they would be doing that, but I also recognize that it will take a it'll unfairly or not uh, cause a hit to my credibility with some people if they look back on my information and disagree with me and they'll tune me out. Um, you know, so that said, John Greenwald is a special case where he has done so much work and he refuses to ever speculate. I, I mean, I, I think especially I, I don't want to keep bringing it back to the community or anything like that, but I, there's a lot of people I would be more than willing to talk to, but at the same time, there's just, there's, they can't, a lot of people can't get out of their own kind of thought process 
to be able to interpret their ideas like in a way where it doesn't seem like they're being attacked. It seems like everybody's mm-hmm. quick to become the victim or everyone's quick to become the aggressor in a lot of sense. It's kind of like the community's bipolar. I wouldn't say everyone in the community. There's obviously good people out there, but I just think every exchange that I've ever seen has been kind of like an influx of emotions. And maybe that's just the spaces that I've been coming across. Maybe the community's all good. I have no clue. Um, it it's just definitely makes- not. It just makes it a little bit more difficult because I think it's the same goal in a lot of aspects is to figure out what this thing was. But I think people feel like they have an invested horse in a certain thing, which makes it even more complicated to know. I mean, I want to still understand the idea of genetic life that they've created, you know, using clones or something like that. Why did Avi Loeb talk about it like it was so fucking normal? Nobody's really addressed those types of things. We're still worried about flying discs in the sky. And I'm like, honestly, I haven't seen one in a while or I haven't heard of one in a while. And then people always talk about, well, they found this and found this. And I'm like, can anybody point me to those fucking articles that you're looking at? That's all I want to see is I want to be able to read it for myself. I'm like the best interpreter of ideas of this topic, for instance, maybe it's not their fault. Maybe it's the way the government has kind of riddled this topic through the fucking dryer, telling you it's not real for so long. And then finally you do your own evidence. You find it. They tell you, yeah, we knew all fucking long. And then now it seems like they're steering with the skid. And it seems like now that they're not rejecting the madness, people are losing interest in it. Like you notice that drop off, like there was no fucking talk about it. There's articles from the New Yorker and so many different articles about Washington Post, whatever, talking about how did this topic go above everybody's heads? Well, there's a fucking pandemic going around, but then everyone started getting into it, or at least a lot of people I did, for instance. And then now there's like not really any talk about it anymore. I mean, the one I was just going to pull up before my computer fucking closed my browser on me was from the New Yorker that was talking to some guy, Gary Allen, whatever his name was, that just started talking about how he's read over 300 something documents. He's seen all this type of evidence and he starts to look through like, oh, maybe that there's something going on with the people in the UFO community's brains, all these people that have seen encounters. Maybe there's something going on with their heads. Now, I mean, that's a possibility too. I have no fucking clue. I also don't know because I haven't experienced it myself. I haven't experienced this type of thing. I mean, I can get high and stare up at the fucking stars at night and watch a star move really, really fast. I saw one that fucking moved right over my head where I was like, that's a goddamn UAP. And I'm like, but it might've been a satellite. I don't know. Or the earth was moving really fast. I don't know when high start <laughs> when you're high, everything fucking moves really quick. Um, right. But I, I don't know, and I, I, I'm interested in it, and that's why I like having you on, but it gets so weird because you hear, like, I can't talk to you because you're talking to this person, or I can't do this because you've had this person. I can just, I don't want to talk to famous people. I don't want to talk to all these people that are known as main figureheads. It's either disinformation, disclosure, or discredit. That's like the three D's I'm fucking seeing. And nobody's fucking like, it's like a European bathhouse. There's D's fucking everywhere and nobody's fucking solving anything. Like put a goddamn towel on and let's get our shit together. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, I agree with you about the sort of the talking heads, the mainstream quotes, mainstream in the UFO community talking heads. Um, I, I got shit for the UFO thing in my film. Like what the fuck? It was five minutes. Sorry, yeah, I, had to, I was I had to vent that one. Hey, no, it's uh fair to vent. Yeah, man, that's the type of thing I'm talking about, right? Like uh 
if you are willing to speculate or even talk about the subjects and you, you know, set all of the preconditions saying like, this isn't certain, this is only for fun, we're only speculating, there's no, you know, foundational guarantees here, people will still get pissed off that you're even willing to talk about it. And, uh, you know, that's not good socially, culturally, it's very stifling, um, you know, and it depends on the subject, but that's certainly the case with um, this kind of UFO stuff. I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility to think that a lot of these academics who are publishing articles or peer reviewed articles, which, like I said, that word to me, check the fucking peers, but there is a large incentive for people to lie or do something all on a factor of money. I mean, yes, I, I don't want to bring it into the COVID talk, but if you don't think that all these giant news corporations that start off their segment with sponsored by Pfizer don't have a bias and not talking shit on the company that is fucking funding them. You're fucking nuts. It's a hundred percent like that. And I think that also was in the realm of academia. I think that's been littered throughout history. I think that is everything to do with people trying to achieve by cutting corners. You pay off somebody, uh, Nancy Pelosi, speaker of the house talking about insider trading. She doesn't think that you should ban it for Congress people. No fucking shit. Cause you have all your money in your fucking husband's account. Like they have offshore, they have all this insider trading deals when they know a stock's yeah. gonna go up or stock's gonna go down. Mm -hmm. It just makes it more complicated where you start seeing that maybe the whole government fuckery might extend to people that just want to be able to not lose their career. And to think that a certain institution or a certain thing won't cut somebody's funding or cut someone's research or anything like that, all because they don't agree with that narrative. I mean, that's been known to happen with fucking Confucius Institutes. If you don't aren't able to yep. establish those things, the corporations will tell you you need to move a fucking state away. I can't just uproot my family. Well, I guess you're not working for us anymore. All because you're researching something they don't want you to research in, which makes it even more sketchy to try and understand anything that gets published to you by any of these articles. I mean, the Freedom of Information Act site to me, for instance, is just a load of fuckery. Um, you can say whatever you want. They don't need to tell you shit. What? Because you have a site that says Freedom of Information Act? When have they ever? CIA is never supposed to work on our grounds. They do that shit anyway. You know, you get a couple goalpost moves. But um, I've been questioning and getting really interested in the JFK thing because Oliver Stone uh, was on a Joe Rogan podcast who spent 20 something years. He made a documentary called revisiting JFK and showed that there was more than one shooter and that Oswald actually might have just been an scapegoat because he got down what I think it was like four flights of stairs in a matter of two minutes. Like it was just, there was a bunch of stuff that didn't add up where it was like, and how did he get down the stairs that fast? And then when they found him and he gets arrested or gets stabbed in the gut was off, obviously a mafia hit, but he was normal. Mm -hmm. Like he was normal as shit when they fucking found him. He wasn't anything like, oh, you're under arrest. He's like, okay, okay. Like, I don't know what the hell just happened. He's saying he doesn't know what the hell just happened. He's like, I'm being set up. Really? Like you start getting into this area. This guy revisited this whole thing. Talked about the autopsy of JFK. There was a guy, uh, one of the main military generals. JFK didn't want to invade Cuba, but the whole reason people elected JFK was they thought that they were going to go to a nuclear war. See, this pandemic talk, this pandemic scaring is the same thing that happened back during the nuclear winter days when people would knock on your fucking door trying to sell you a bomb shelter because nuclear fallout was going to happen. There's always been fear mongering, right. there's always been fear selling that way. Now, JFK was like, I don't want to invade Cuba, evaded the whole Cuban Missile Crisis thing, the whole, what is it, uh, Bay of Pigs, all yep. that type of shit. But the main military chief 
might have got him killed because at his autopsy, he JFK's naked because it's an autopsy room. The dude's smoking a cigar. They tell him you need to put your fucking cigar out because it's going to mess with our equipment to do the autopsy. He blows smoke in the fucking technician's face because he just watched his one person that didn't fucking agree with him all this time. Everything he ever said, we need to invade. We need to invade. JFK was like, no, don't need to do that. Don't need to do that blows a fucking smoke ring while he's standing over his dead enemy smoking a fucking cigar like that's some weird shit then the brain that they were examining was dipped in formaldehyde for two weeks where they're like was this even jfk's brain there's a lot of stuff this dude spent 20 something years going through this documentary to be able to produce it's a good fucking watch called jfk revisited you can follow it on twitter i recommend it to anybody out there but that to me, I sorry to get on a long tangent and kind of a side road there. That's how I know there's government fuckery because there's people that did the Charles Manson thing that talked about how the government was drugging Charles Manson. There's a guy who spent 15 years doing research upon that and wrote a book about it. Then there's this guy who writes a 20 thing year on JFK to say that they don't have their fucking hands in this alien shit to say that there's not a whole bunch of government fuckery. Maybe it's a factor of. I don't know. Why is the NSA pointing at the CIA and the CIA is pointing at the the, uh, state of defense, whatever. Why is that all going on? I have no clue, but you got to question this shit where maybe you might be either getting the wrong information or they're not giving you enough information. And they're definitely not doing one of those things. They're definitely doing one and they're not doing one. So I don't know which one it is. It makes it more difficult, and that creates infighting between these groups and communities where no one can really get their opinions across, which is the whole plan and purpose in general. They post one article saying this, and then they post another article the next day saying the complete opposite thing. It makes you go, I don't want to choose that one. I want to choose with my narrative. Now you guys aren't getting anything across, and nothing is getting done. That was a long explanation to get to that point, but I'm just saying. Um, yeah, no, the, the JFK thing is interesting. Um, it's hard to get any like hard evidence that suggests that there was like a second shooter. I'm not saying that's not possible, but um, I did look into it. Uh, you know, J- Oliver Stone's uh, original JFK came out quite some time ago. Um, and then he's uh, been revisiting that movie. Uh, and, you know, because he, he tried to accurately recreate it. And there's some arguments about whether the actual physical locations in the car at the moment of the you know in quotes magic bullet impact if it was correct or not the way that he did it there are arguments that he didn't actually align the bodies correctly because there was jfk and then the governor now the big controversy with jfk is that they call it the magic bullet bullet theory right Uh, because the argument goes that a single bullet uh could not have caused the amount of damage that was seen in both JFK and the governor. There were multiple impacts from bullets, but a single one of the bullet was attributed as causing like, I think it was like 12 different uh, impact points. Now that's, it's unlikely that the bullet ricocheted off of bone and stuff like that in the way that they describe, but it was a full metal jacket bullet and the ability for that bullet to do that is consistent with the features of that kind of military grade bullet and full metal jacket being a lead is encased in a stronger metal so that it retains its form unlike other bullets that expand on impact cause more damage um so you know i don't know what's going on with that but it's interesting and it's fun to get into the details and that's part of why i like the ufo stuff because you can get into the details um for the ufo stuff i could give a very quick rundown of my thought process on it i am skeptical i am critical of the government um i am skeptical of their intentions motivations so 
looking at the National Archives stuff, the best example of what you're talking about, rock solid, clear evidence of government conspiracy, long scale, long term, large scale conspiracy. The 2000 top secret Ministry of Defense from the UK, uh, UAP in the UK Air Defense Region report. It was top secret. They fought against the freedom of information process. The Minister of Defense did not know it existed. The Defense Intelligence 55, Section 55 refused to even tell the uh, publicly elected officials that it existed. They denied it existed. It was forced to be released. They fought against its release and now refused to comment on it. That report says the UK government believes UFOs are real. They think that they are explainable by these things that are similar to ball lightning. And that report says that they are secretly, they have, sorry, the report specifically says that tech managers within the Ministry of Defense were briefed on the military implications of weaponizing ball lightning like phenomena that are representative of the UFO phenomenon. True or false? They could be wrong about what they're saying in there. They could be misidentifying the, like I said at the start, a signal for the noise. They might be throwing out a tiny fraction of real UFOs. They think, based on this document that they've fought against the release, tons of uh, you know prominent coverage has been done on this thing, and it's it's universally acknowledged. They did not want this released. It is not misinformation. It's not part of a scheme to get fake information out to the public. They did everything they could to keep this secret. So they they think that UFOs are real. They think that they are this kind of you know weather phenomenon, and they could be wrong about that. And they state explicitly that the tech managers all the way back in 2000 in the UK were briefed, weaponize this thing, and we're going to keep the weaponization process secret because of the potential massive innovations that could result. Um, so, you know, to me, like that's a rock solid piece of evidence that the government is engaged in a conspiracy. It's not necessarily true that UFOs are all these ball lightning things, but it's extremely interesting that the government thinks that and that there's rock solid evidence to show that. Do you also think that maybe this could be probably one of the larger cover-ups, much like the JFK thing? Maybe it was like a distraction method in its own as well, too. Like I know uh, people yeah. bring up Reagan's quote, but Reagan was going mentally insane toward the ending of his presidency. <laughs> yeah, he had Alzheimer's. So I just feel like maybe it was a cover-up. Like, yeah, he said something about aliens because there's may or may not be aliens. Uh, and then you walk out a back door, creepy into a, like a black Cadillac or something like that. I have no clue. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's just, it's interesting to me because I start wondering if we start, like, I feel like the best people that would be equipped to do anything to deal with this space stuff are people that really don't have a bias at all, which means people that don't have a degree in this, as well as also people that don't have an interest in the alien topic. Like having mm. me or someone else with no biased opinion on anything, just come in with a fucking look through the microscope. What are you seeing? You don't you see the spaceship? No, dude, I see a fucking star, man. Well, you don't know what to look for. No, I just don't want to see it there. That's the thing. It's like there's you're you're loving the alien thing. So when you look in the telescope, you'll do your brain will do anything to try and morph in that alien thing. I mean, I back. Uh, for instance, like Bob Lazar, 
Now, as many people want to shit on Bob Lazar as much as they want to do, they have to respect one thing about him is that they got anybody that wasn't already interested into this topic into this fucking topic after that fucking episode on Joe Rogan's podcast. Jeremy Corbell's documentary, all that shit. It got everyone interested into this fucking topic. People wanted to know. Whether people want to say he's lying or not doesn't fucking matter. There sparked a huge interest, which is what you need. You need more people interested in this certain topic to get more shit fucking done. And if we go down to... Uh, fuck, I just lost my train of thought. Mm. Well, um, just to follow up on that, though, uh, like when I talk to people on Twitter and Reddit, um, you know, some people will say like, oh, this is actually like convincing me. You know, this is interesting. Typically, the people who say that, they will then disappear. They'll drop out of the subject and stop. Like they won't support me. Like other people get support for their ideas and stuff because they're no longer interested in it because they've changed the way that they're seeing it as being a weather phenomenon that's poorly understood. And that's just not interesting to most people. So I do appreciate the fact if it turns out to be a weather phenomenon, we don't know that yet, but if it does turn out that way, you know, I do appreciate the fact that the people who are largely motivated by a belief or, you know, feelings about the likeliness of uh, an extraterrestrial, uh, you know, cause, they're the ones who push this because that's the interesting angle and that's what motivated them to stay uh, on top of the subject. So I do appreciate that and I do recognize the uh, contribution of that uh, sort of preference or angle. Um, you know, the question of whether that's actually what's going to come out of this, you know, that's not been proven or determined. I bet your biggest probably, I guess, argument to you is how do you explain this? And they show you a picture of some black and white thing, like, you know, some type of vehicle or something in the sky where it goes, that obviously looks like a spacecraft. Now, is it possible because I think, and I don't want to bring this back up, but the Rittenhouse trial, they were able to talk about how, like, when you autofocus a picture, or you do something like that, it adds pixels in. So you saw a stop, you saw the street sign had like a ghost street sign on top of it. You start to realize that, like, when your photo takes a picture of the moon, it's adding pixels in there. It's how people get these really great pictures of fucking moons from like an iPhone or some type of new galaxy, something. It's adding pixels in there to be able to describe the image that it's kind of trying to make out now recently i've been getting super interested into ai art and i'll probably i'm going to see if oh, i can yeah. pull up a picture of one of these things man there's something off that's of, cool there's something off about it there's something that's oh, like yeah, this weird. doesn't this doesn't make it just seems incomplete but you understand what it's trying to do and i'm not saying this is what those are or these ufo pictures are i'm just saying i don't know what these technology when you start clearing a lot of shit up and trying to get a very very accurate depiction of whatever you're trying to see how many pixels or how many modifiers and the capability of which you switch the slider over to be able to get a clearer shot is it not just forming what you want it to see you know a lot of people mm -hmm. will pull up a video or a lot of people will pull up a photo and say look at that thing man videos they're very very sketchy but when i see a fucking photo it comes together like you can obviously see that's a spaceship i don't know because i've also heard multiple experiences of people seeing three lights in the sky now is that an alien from a different gen thing and then that what uh, everyone sees the spacecraft is something completely different i have no fucking clue man but the fact is that it's littered with so much disinformation where i'm surprised people can sort through and they literally probably cherry pick what they want to see now i'm gonna um oh i got an email Maybe, that yeah. i got a delivery what <laughs>
Hang on a second. I'm trying to pull it up. It's taking a little bit of time. Okay. But you, you're really touching on something important, though, that the interpretation of seeing something that you can't categorize immediately into a pre-existing uh, framework. That is actually the focus of um, a number of folklore professors. They've written prominent books on the subject of UFOs. Um, and they talk principally about the cultural context in which these objects are interpreted. And they you know, bring up things like in Norse history, the elves were kind of like representative and the pixies and stuff. Okay, let's take a look at this uh, art. Yeah, it's, it's uh, unsettling because it's kind of like fragmentary and like you can see there are like pieces of things coming together. Like the AI is trying to create a complete image, but you can see the fragments. All I typed in was like this one right here. I just typed in Poseidon. Like it says at the bottom, it says mythology uh, in a storm. Oh, that's cool. And it gives me something. That's I like, do like it. It's, it's fucking amazing. It made me gave up, give up my fucking Bob Ross painting and shit. <laughs> it, that thing did it in five it's, seconds. <laughs> I can't even do that in fucking two months. But like, I mean, this shit, like this is just cherry blossom huh. tree. And then it just did uh, it's a cherry blossom in a blizzard. And it does that. I have no clue wow. what the capabilities are art with now. Now, when I see a black and white photo, do I think that's AI art? No. But what I start to go was maybe there's a lot of stuff that happens to do with modifying a picture. People say, I'm going to clear up an image. Man, you're clearing it up technically in the way you think is clearer to be able to get your fucking view, which gets a right, little bit scarier. Details. Now, that doesn't mean I'm saying that every single person that has a photo of this and that is fake. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that it's going to get harder and harder to be able to sort out the truth when it comes to these pictures or when it comes to video evidence because of yeah. the fact of how far technology is expanding every single day. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, like, OK, this comes right off of what you just said. People, uh, you know, ch arguing with me over the information, you know, that I'm putting out there and they say like, well, the, if the UK government is claiming that it's like ball lightning, like ball lightning couldn't explain this or that. And, uh, you know, at this point, actually, I'm not getting any pushback, meaningful pushback about the visual appearance of the Tic Tac. Uh, People who are diehard, you know, ET hypothesis believers have been agreeing with me consistently that the visual appearance of the Tic Tac is fully explainable according to these dozens of peer-reviewed academic papers published in the last 20 years with, uh, you know, the replicable lab, reproducible ball lightning, uh, whatever. People agree with me. The visual appearance of the Tic Tac is fully explainable by a electrochemical model similar to but different from ball lightning. All lightning can look like that. So what they then, but it's like, that doesn't matter. The thing that they actually argue consistently is all lightning cannot explain the perception of intelligent control. That's what they say. Now you can get into the details of that. Um, one thing that immediately comes to mind before I got into any of this, you know, um, I read something about how like fairies, uh, can be potentially, potentially. That's explained. what we left off on last time. You were going to tell yes. me about fucking fairies. Yeah. So, okay. So there's a lot, and this is what I mentioned just a second ago, the folklore stuff. There are folklore professors who are very interested in the UFO subject and the focus of their studies are typically the interpretive process that occurs when someone sees an object that they cannot otherwise explain. And so if you see a bright light in the forest, like in quotes, dancing around, like the pick fairies or they dance in the myth of myth of the fairies or whatever. Um, you know, you see that, of course, you're going to attribute intelligence to that. And it make it would, you know, before even getting into the subject at all, someone saying like, oh, ball lightning might have been fairies. It didn't like 
bother me to think, oh, someone would attribute intelligence to that thing, right? Now we're talking about a much larger object, appearance very different from just a orb of light. You know, there are electrochemical processes that adequately explain the possibility of that being produced artificially. So it's the movement we're talking about. What the UK report from 2000 says is, and it's verified by the more recent uh, peer-reviewed publicly available evidence in lab reproducible, um, you know, equivalents of ball lightning, electrochemical forces are controlling the bubble. And then there is uh, electromagnetic forces, uh, a balance of charges in quotes, manage the movement of these things. And that's what they say. It's not necessarily true. This is what they say. And it's, you know, seemingly uh, confirmed in some respects by publicly available peer-reviewed evidence. Is that so maybe what people, well, is that maybe what people are confusing is the electromagnetic thing rather than people are saying it's like gravitational or some type of pulsary type thing. Maybe it's that electromagnetic that they're getting confused with. Like it's not a gravitational, uh, I guess, propulsion system. It's more of an aspect of, um, but then how do you get accounts? Like when I hear like Frank or someone yeah. talk about, um, propulsion systems that the government is developing maybe that's happening at the same exact time and it's just another thing of mass confusion that's going out there it seems like it's like the jfk thing a chain reaction of a bunch yeah. of shit happening at once well and this is a big thing in information theory you if you want to hide a true thing you bury it in a bunch of nonsense and i alluded to this earlier in the national archives in especially sensitive documents typically you'll open it up and there's a ton of like in especially like uh in, for example the project conda in the european uk adr report there's a bunch of like tabloid like articles in that same file that the uh ministry of defense put in there about ufos so then when you're going through it you're seeing all these tabloid tabloid tabloids so you have to dig through it and find the actual information that's real um, so they do intentionally misdirect in this way. And that's just a, you know, a well understood method to uh, suppress uh, important information. So um, the whole thing about like reverse engineering craft and stuff, like all of that could be true under the ball chemical, uh, or ball lightning uh, electrochemical model. It's only that it's reverse in quotes, reverse engineering from a poorly understood natural phenomenon. But the features of ball lightning, and uh, you know, it's not worth getting into the details, but that the capacity of plasma to be self-contained in Earth's atmosphere in uh, you know, a limited uh, form in the way that it's observed in ball lightning is extremely, extremely important. It could produce, I mean, and this is where it all ties in. It could all be true according to any of the variety of things. And that's why the folklore is interesting, right? Like a ball lightning that we could control like that is fusion power. That's, you know, infinite, like clean, uh, you know, in quotes free, obviously there are costs for delivery and stuff, but like, it's like, you know, the dream of uh, the clean energy program. And that's what UFO people say. They're like, oh, we're reverse engineering infinite clean energy from UFOs. It's like, well, that could actually be literally true and it still be the thing that the UK government is claiming that it is. How many of these accounts of UFO or UAP reports happen over a body of water? A significant number. And what's really interesting is that forms of ball lightning that are lab reproducible are often uh, the uh, laboratory process that's used is a water, an electric discharge over water uh, forming a uh, buoyant plasma that can be self-contained under the right conditions with a mixture of microwaves, or actually that's a different process, but uh, you do an electric discharge into water and you can produce a, uh, a quotes, fireball that can produce a, 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 glob, a globular shape. 
So, but yes, like you said, uh, which, how many are over water? A, a significant number, but uh, there's a mix. Oh, man. What, um, I guess, because I know we just hopped on the alien topic real quick, but what mm -hmm. um, have you been diving into since the last time we've talked? Is there any been new occurrences or is it still like the same information that's just being processed and you're looking back over it? Because I mean, you're probably, I would say, I mean, I would highly respect you throughout the, uh, be the first person I would probably contact over a topic that has to do with UAP or anything of the sort, just because it seems like you search through a lot of shit before you even try and decipher your own opinion on things. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so recently, um, for the last two months, uh, I've been focusing very heavily on the uh, peer-reviewed uh, published papers about ball lightning. Um, I, that's what I've moved into. Histor before the last two months, I didn't really dive into the like laboratory ball lightning stuff. I was focusing more on the uh, field study uh, data that also has peer-reviewed uh, published papers about Hesdalen phenomena, which I, I've talked about which seem to be a representation of the same type of thing. It's just a question of the size of the ball lightning. People will say like a oh, ball lightning, you can't, they'll, typically they'll say UFOs can't be ball lightning because ball lightning can't be larger than 30 centimeters. My response to that is, where did you read that? Because here's 20 uh, peer reviewed papers in the last 15 years that say differently. They say it's a uh, question of the, uh, how the strength of the power supply how large it is it's like a bubble like the biggest like soap bubble is like 15 meters or something crazy it's not that bubbles can't be larger than the small ones that we see it's only that they're less stable conceptually in that form so they'd be rarer um so uh you know it's like i've been diving into the ball lighting stuff because there is good information there and then when you look when imagine like the reality of this opening up paper after paper in prestigious journals. And there are these physicists, some of them Nobel Prize winners, zero reference to UFOs, but describing the exact features of the most prominent genuine UFO eyewitness encounters. And it's like, what am I reading? Why isn't this more prominent? And then I look back on it and there were atmospheric scientists in the primary debate, the big debates historically, and they just got sh shouted out of the room over and over. And now they just don't even try. So it's like, I don't know what I'm even dealing with at this point, but uh, you know, based on the amount of flack that I do receive for even sharing the information, I'm getting, I'm starting to get a sense of why this isn't more publicly discussed. I would um, be hesitant on the Nobel Prize people because one of the people who does the Nobel Prize for the Peace Award, uh, yeah. part of the committee that elects one each year, who however many they elect, follows me on Twitter. So like, oh, it's, yeah? it's a fucking like, <laughs> that's how you know it's questionable. Well, it's credibility <laughs> out the fucking window. That's oh. hilarious. No, I agree with you though. In principle, it's just a bunch of like Norwegian, uh, you know, academics making yeah. an arbitrary choice. It's like the king of Norway chooses it or something. Right. Or I don't know if they have a king anymore, but it's like something ridiculous. It's uh, for, uh so where exactly are you reading all these periods? Or Sweden actually. Oh yeah. Okay. So research, re research gate. Okay. Um, so it's the, just the German website. I got you. Is it German? It's German. There's the ResearchGate's oh. German. I use Academia as well, too, because ResearchGate. Yeah. Okay, some of them are on there. ResearchGate, you have to log into and have an institution credibility to make an account. You can still look at some of the articles if you type in specifically on some of those articles. But that was how I got a lot of yeah. guests for the show as well, too, was using ResearchGate or Academia and then finding their Twitter or finding whatever social media handle and then looking through them. It's just weird because if you, if you want to have some mistrust issues on it, just type in Flat Earth. 
you'll see mm-hmm. a lot of fucking people talk about how the earth yes. is flat or you'll see people who are highly religious just fucking condemning it to hell and saying you're a satan worshiper if you think so and i'm just like this is where i have skepticism on fucking everything but no it's true and a lot of the papers on there are not published so you actually have to look specifically at whether they were published or not and if they were published where they were published um a lot of the, the way that i get a lot of uh, the papers i go through the references on a, a a good a strong paper i look at the references and then i go to those papers and then i look at those references and it's just sort of like a continuous process of looking at the references and uh I'm right now in the middle of writing a new article based on the last two months of researching this ball lightning stuff. So I will have a um, reference list for that. And it'll probably, I mean, it's going to have probably like 200 peer reviewed um, art, uh, you know, published papers on ball lightning. And I'm going to include the, all the quotes with the exact references to show people over and over these statements that are just, you know, phenomenal because I'm, I'm not trying intrinsically to convince people this is true but it's i'm trying to give people the information that i wish was available when i started looking at this because it's the most credible information available it does answer the most questions it allows for everything to sort of come together in a coherent way that doesn't require anything completely uh, off the wall. That's not necessary for that to be, uh, you know, the part of the explanation, but it's shocking when you start looking at it, like, you know, I mean, I've already gone over the details, but like, you know, the objects physically can be described this way. The uh, electromagnetic uh, forces, you can look at dusty plasma videos in labs and they physically move identically, these tiny dusty plasmoids. And it's, uh, you know, and then you look at the archives and you see that the government's saying this is what they are. And it's, uh, you go back and back and back in 1953, the CIA is saying, oh, these aren't actually a threat, but we have to distinguish between those and these Soviets and all. And it's just every, and then you can also look at all the government records that have published all the reports up to this point that are publicly facing, sure, they could all be lies. Or if the electrochemical ball might lightning uh, thing is true, they're telling white lies, but it's, you know, one of these things where it's tech, like they never say anything that's like technically a lie. And it's just the simplest, I mean, it's shocking that the simplest interpretation might actually be uh, true. Well, I guess the simplest might be like, oh, it's a psychological phenomenon. But, you know, it's clear to me that the uh, there's enough evidence to say that there's probably some kind of actual exotic, uh, novel, physical object at the heart of this thing. But, you know, you're looking at it and you just see over and over. There's this consistent thing. Well, you're looking for a fucking exclusive island um, in a fog of just content like that's the craziest Mm -hmm. thing is that it's not just you it's everyone else with their own opinion or own kind of narrative in a sense or own kind of viewpoint in a way it's their own metaphorical fucking lighthouse trying to like attract people and at the same time guide people through there's a lot of content out there and that's what makes it more difficult is there's some of the times you don't know if someone's telling a fucking joke or not or they're being dead serious you don't want to laugh because then it would be like you're making fun of them if they are being serious but then if they are (laughs) telling a joke and you don't laugh you're making you're still making fun of them because you're not laughing at their joke i have no clue um mm-hmm. it just it, it's fucking it's crazy it's it's a i, I forgot my train of thought yeah. again i had something i was gonna say so, um what, what do you think uh like what's what's your general i'm very curious what's your general take on like what i'm saying like 
I, I don't expect you to like trust me or anything, uh, but I, I am trust genuinely you curious. probably more than you think I trust you. I actually have a very high respect for you, I would say. And I'm not just trying to say that oh, that's because nice. you're in front of me. I just think you definitely are much like me. You're very open to other people's ideas. And I think that's the first start and anything of being able to communicate anything effectively. I also think, secondly, you communicate very effectively just with the overall knowledge that you have or the overall information that you have. Now, people can well, sit there and say, well, he's researching the wrong things that's mm -hmm. my that's not me playing devil's advocate see devil's advocate gets confused with i think you like to play devil's advocate a little bit but devil's advocate's a bad word i think you're just open-minded more than most people are and sadly you'll come across a lot more people shutting other people down than more people just listening to another person's ideas i come across it so much doing my fucking show you'll see people that are like i don't know if i should say this and it's like i'm not gonna yell at you if you say something that i there's nothing i'm so heavily invested in that i wouldn't like I would shut you down like that, but that's how people feel. And that's a product of everything that everyone's been dealing with for so long. It's not, it's been longer than the pandemic. It's the whole fucking world is telling you that your narrative is wrong. You got to fit to this, or you got to be this into this man. Everyone's trying to figure out what the hell's going on and everyone's ideas are correct. And I think you're one person, like I said before, that seems like they sort through a lot of their information or they kind of sort through everything. And at the same time, I haven't seen you shut anybody down. Whether you do that on your own private time, I don't know. But I haven't seen, <laughs> or haven't seen anybody talk about it in the sense that I've seen a lot of people who are very respected in the community shut people down and have these all-out fucking battles and tweets of like, fuck this, mm -hmm. fuck this person, fuck that. And then next thing you know, they're like, sorry for my actions. I'm like, what the fuck? If you're going to do it, be a Fauci and double down. <laughs> uh, um, I really, I do appreciate that, uh, what you've said. And, uh, you know, I feel very similar to you. I'm a genuine uh, fan of your show. I've listened to a bunch of them and uh, it's an enjoyable to listen to in part because you're so open-minded. So you do challenge people on things but you also listen and you uh you demonstrate that you're listening by asking like follow-up questions and stuff so you know i really appreciate your method um now that said i have experienced that side of ufo twitter on the receiving end um <laughs> yeah the screen <laughs> um but yes uh prominent members of the ufo community have now I, you know i almost take it as a badge of uh i don't know uh respect in some ways have tried to shut me down um uh, you know, really? how do you how do they do that Just well uh okay well let me think um the uh well the editor of a prominent ufo magazine uh posted a, a tweet after shortly after one of my articles um saying that everything i said was like horseshit and they were like you know ridiculing my intellect and things like that saying i'm fucking nuts and stuff uh well you know whatever i don't take it per like it's sad to see. I know, you know, I'm not like steel, like, you know, made of iron or something, it, you know, is upsetting. But at the same time, it's not that bad. It's just like, that's disappointing, because I'm trying to be a member of the community, I'm demonstrating evidence that is the clearest evidence that I have ever seen. And I have zero supernatural belief in anything that extraordinary objects actually are flying around in our skies. I am the only person that I am aware of in the entire community providing the information uh, at the level that I'm providing that demonstrates that there's a reasonable prospect of there actually fundamentally being extraordinary objects at the heart of this phenomenon. That, you know, and that, that's, you know, and then people are threatened by that because the evidence in, from that angle points to it being some kind of ball lightning thing. 
But, you know, I say in response, that has not been proven. And why I am even involved in this, even if I think it's more likely that it's some kind of weather, you know, I'm not a freaking uh, meteorologist. I have no interest in weather phenomena, generally speaking. I'm interested in this because the idea of a novel uh, exotic object type thing happening in our skies like this is extraordinary in its own. And there's a possibility that it's something more. And, you know, I genuinely believe uh, that there is extraterrestrial life in the universe somewhere. I don't know if it's here on Earth. I have not seen convincing evidence that it fundamentally is. But the idea that there are exotic objects in our skies gives some evidence that there could be. And I really think that that's a question that we need a rock solid answer to. It also might be good at times to just take a break. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you need to. I'm just saying like I took a I haven't posted an episode in a fucking month, I think. And I mean, I never really took a break because I was still doing the film. And then even when people said, oh, my God, I can't believe it's over because they thought I was done, which I honestly thought I did because I lost the whole. I mean, the nerves started coming back. I got like I was nervous to do this thing, even though I like you and we're fucking mm -hmm. we, we chat a lot, even off air. It's yeah. just the whole like I knew that once I stopped doing it every day, it was going to be this whole thing. But it was nice to take a break where literally I can feel empty inside and I still fucking hope people have a great fucking day. Like genuinely, honestly, don't really give a shit what your fucking problem is, but I fucking hope you have a good day. And before mm -hmm. people can say that and not really mean it, but I think it just comes from a standpoint of like, it's all such BS in the grand scale of things where I hadn't checked my Twitter. I haven't posted on my Instagram. I haven't done any of that shit where I didn't need to check the trending thing anymore because my show wasn't fucking happening. So I was like, I could just make film scenes and fuck off for the rest of the day. Like, that's it. Like it was so it was a different cutoff where I was like, that's what you need. Sometimes I think I noticed that with that guy, Joe, I forgot what Figaro, whatever his last name is, who was like, Really, the guy I showed you with the tic tac, he had his hand on it. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you the yeah, sculpture or whatever. Yeah, uh, is it that? UFO Joe? I think. Yeah, or is that what? It... No, I don't think it's. Him. It's a different guy. I want to make sure I'm not fucking talking shit. I'm not talking okay. shit. I was saying I just I've seen the change in this guy when he used to be fucking a hundred percent. Um, Joe, let me, hold on. let me fucking look him up. Whenever I go to follow. People do engage in cycles, though, like the pro most prominent kind of uh, podcasters in the UFO Twitter community um, there. I've noticed that uh, a number of them uh, will sort of go through uh, waves of uh, intense engagement and then, you know, literally. Uh, Lou. Lou. Oh, Elizondo. When I, okay, I, right. I saw, I saw he, he, he was back and like back and forth with this was part of the community. They were having fights, infights back and forth. Now I'm not mm -hmm. going to talk on their drama. It's none of my fucking business. But I've watched his change where I haven't seen him post anything about UFO shit. Just fucking happiness of like being on vacation. Like, hey, everybody doing OK, having a great day. I hope you have one, too. And I'm like, I've seen the whole shift. Like you were talking about the drop off. Sometimes you need that fucking break, man. Like, that's the thing is like you get so sucked up into this where people start saying shit about other people without them fucking knowing what's going on. And it's just fucking like, do you care? I know it doesn't bother you, but at this point, it's just like, what are you doing with your life where you're fucking tweeting, discerning like what you think all your followers give a shit that you're going to condemn. So like, what the fuck? Like, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. That's the thing is like when someone goes, guys, I want to take a break off Twitter. Just fucking go. I had fucking mm. covid. And I never even fucking posted about it. Mm. I, I'm now, I still can't smell. 
I have had it like the past oh, fucking, damn. like, what is it? It was, I guess it was probably January. Actually, I probably had it on my birthday. Like I had it all that, that fucking, the 31st. Oh, nice. Okay. I had it all After that fucking time. And I never fucking posted about it because I didn't feel the need to, but people feel the need to put all their fucking shit online. Like people need to give a fuck. I didn't experience one fucking thing, but the fact of my nose and my fucking taste is gone. Everything just tastes like fucking water. And I had brain fog really bad. I remember, I think I recorded my first episode and I had the worst fucking brain fog where I was like, I, I, the show, it's like taking psychedelics and never coming back. Like I fucking, I, <laughs> I don't know what to do, but it went well, you know, like that's the thing is like, People want to put their whole entire lives online and they invest too much time into it. Then they start getting really, really aggressive on things. And that's when mm -hmm. it gets hard. When someone puts up an article about something, um, maybe that's against your a, a view of UFOs or something, you take it as a personal attack because you've invested so much of your fucking time into it. Like that's the mm -hmm. scariest thing is if you build up an online persona or an online profile and then the internet is wiped out, your fucking work is gone. If someone deletes your Twitter, gone if someone fucking hacks your account and changes all your passwords and does whatever gone it's it's you don't pay your fucking website domain gone like it's so fragile where why are you going to get white hairs or you're going to stress yourself out and take years off your life on an aspect of something that is fragile from the fucking start it all might transfer over to the metaverse that might be a new option and avenue for a lot of people then you won't even notice if the fucking aliens land or not but it's <laughs> fucking intense where i'm seeing like this yeah. whole like and it's fascinating to me because i'm getting super interested into the ar the ai artwork stuff i'm seeing how that's going to be replicated but for every thing that you can complain like a boomer like all oh, technology's ruining everything it's doing a lot <laughs> of advancements as well too where i think people are actually their brain capacity is probably expanding more that might lead us to another thing now with the community for instance or with the ufo studies have you ever talked to anybody who deals in the medical metaphysical the metaphysical side, you mean like kind of like the more like abstract projection, psychic stuff. I know you said you weren't interested in the supernatural and stuff like that, too, yeah. because they have thoughts on this as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm OK, here's the thing. I'm not directly interested in that stuff. I find it interesting. Uh, generally speaking, I haven't focused my attention on it. Um, the OK, so what I did actually, I can't remember if we talked about this the last time or not, but um, a spokesperson for, I believe it was the CIA, uh, posted on Twitter a uh, link to their archive material about their studies on uh, remote viewing, which is, you know, similar to the idea of astral projection. I think Frank Milburn, when he was on, like delineated between remote viewing and astral, I don't know the exact details of the difference, but anyway, projecting. Well, astral projection is like uh, meditating and having yourself fly outside of your body. Remote viewing is more like being able to get a vision in your head. In oh, sense. okay. So you're. Okay. Like there was a, uh, I always bring this up because I actually like, I, for instance, like I always have this dream. I had this dream, really intense dream. And a lot of my dreams are like deja vu, but I had a dream that I saw a white fucking deer in the middle of the road. And as I was driving my car, this deer looked at me and fucking jumped right into me. I felt it go through mm. the fucking windshield. Not like, I mean, phase through it, then went into me. I felt all my ribs tighten up my heart and then fucking, it went right out the back. I looked in my fucking rear view. And as I looked in my rear view and then looked forward, a fucking semi hit me dream was over with. That was my fucking dream. I'm driving to work this fucking <laughs> wow. this this morning and I saw a fucking deer that had white to it. I mean, more white than than I've ever seen. I'm like, what? This isn't normal for around mm. here. And I slowed my fucking brakes because I started getting deja fucking boo. 
Yeah, and it's like, oh, shit. I don't know if that that's yeah. I've always had deja vu like that where I do something and or something happens in a dream and then it happens in real life. Now, the remote viewing aspect of things is there was a girl that went missing in my state a while back. I think his name was Sarah Foxwell or something like that. My mom had a dream about this little girl coming to her and telling her that her body was over here. My mom called it in anonymously. And my dad's not a skeptic. I think my dad actually made the call. My dad's not like into this shit at all. He, my mom told her, if you don't do it, I'm going to fucking do it. My dad's like, fine, I'll fucking do it. My dad did it. They found her exactly where my mom said she was. They had looked for this oh. girl for like a fucking week. I actually had the same thing. A person went missing in my fucking town. I saw a dream of this like river kind of canal ditch type thing. I live in a beach town. So there's a lot of like marsh area and all this shit. They found that fucking guy right where I told my mom I saw in a dream. Hmm. Coincidence, sure. I'll give you that. I don't know. But that's been weird shit like that that's happened before. And I saw so more in belief of like a lot of aspects in that side as well, too. But I don't go full like fucking paint a third eye on my fucking forehead type shit. I just think there's a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. that we don't really understand. I think people get on frequencies like when I text you and you text me and you're like, I was just thinking about you, man. I think there's like, like a, a frequency thing there. I don't know what that is. But I think that is something. But when it dives into the metaphysical stuff, this remote viewing shit, people talk about this a lot linked with this alien thing. Some people talk about yeah. the type of projection of visions that they get might be a product of the aliens. I have no clue, but I'm open to that as well, too. I just want to toss it out there. I didn't mean to put my weird shit on a fucking pole and shove it at you. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, OK, so here's the thing. I uh, I believe what you're saying. I believe you experienced that and that uh, there might be something to it. And there is some evidence suggesting well you might be but here's the interesting thing is that you know like i guess i've made it very clear i focus typically on kind of like peer-reviewed stuff and the reason for that is it's replication replicability right verifying someone else's results that's the core to the scientific method right benjamin franklin with the lightning uh, being electricity it was a french scientist because Benjamin Franklin explained what he did in France through a letter, a French scientist replicated it. And they're like, oh, he's actually telling the truth. If they couldn't replicate it, they would have no reason to believe him. So replicability is a core feature of, you know, demonstrating the probability of something actually being a, you know, real natural phenomenon. Now, the CIA person I mentioned uh, on Twitter posted a link to the database of the CIA records about remote viewing programs that they did. And that the database in the CIA, their ultimate conclusion of the remote viewing programs was there, uh, there is indication beyond random probability that there is something actually happening. However, it is not consistent enough to be usable for uh, military applications. Even though they used it to find Osama bin Laden as well, too, Obama admitted to. Well, and that's, that, that's another intriguing element, isn't it? That when they say they close a program, maybe they don't. And uh, maybe them putting out this uh, statement uh, is hiding a more accurate uh, ability to use it. I don't know. I'm not thinking that that's necessarily the case, but maybe it is. But okay, here's the really cool thing. Princeton has a research lab dedicated entirely to exploring, you know, psychic kind of related phenomena. And they have produced the same uh, outcome in their experiments on remote viewing, where there is a not large, but significant statistical, uh, you know, um, result that shows there is something 
beyond random chance actually occurring. But it's impossible while conducting it to know which things are accurate or not, and therefore it's not functionally applicable in a uh, you know meaningful structured way. That to me is remarkable, and I don't know what to make of that. And it uh, flies in the face of uh, you know my uh, scientific in quotes like materialistic, not in terms of like you know uh, property, but in terms of physical material reality being a thing. I don't know where to categorize that. And then, you know, that Princeton lab has produced a huge volume of reactionary literature in the mainstream scientific community. And there's actually a very significant body of papers now published saying that the Princeton uh, remote viewing um, tests actually demonstrate the inability of some forms of tests to come up with accurate scientific results. So they're, you know, rejecting the uh, results outright in the responses, but it, that's not necessarily the case at all either. So to me, there's some evidence and it's an open question. I don't see that as being directly tied to UFOs, though I understand why some people do. Uh, a very quick point of that is that UFOs, if they are these electrochemical ball lightning things with very significant highly fluctuating electromagnetic fields which the uk suggests and the papers indicate exposure to that kind of field would potentially uh, produce the same brain damage effects that we see in the people who have been studied it would potentially produce alterations of consciousness you know consistent with the way people describe feeling something impacting their mind uh, so, you know, there's something there, uh, but, you know, we can't necessarily uh, pinpoint it at this point. Then what the fuck's up with Bill Nelson? Like, I think he, well, it's the white lie thing. Probe? I think, I think what he's saying is that uh, I think he's saying things that are fundamentally true, but are not providing all of the details that would provide a whole, you it's know, impression. Uh, yeah, but he's not saying it's lies. because he needs so. more fucking water so he can talk right. He's fucking his voice <laughs> sounds dry, and someone get the man a goddamn umbrella or some sunscreen. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, what, what do you think about than the... Trump? That's what I think. <laughs> Is he? Yes, he's fucking like a saddle, bro. Oh god, he's pretty old, isn't he? He's like over eighty, I think, right? Yeah, He's very old. Um, but uh, what, what is, what's your genuine thought about the U.S. government's like, um, do you think that they've actually been doing a uh, cover up of this thing? Like, you know, I'm just curious but from a speculative perspective, obviously, because we can't be certain. I probably agree with you more on the electro kind of weather phenomena type thing. Um, that's why I asked the water question. Mm-hmm. But to, to say that there's not government fuckery, I definitely think there's a lot. Do I think that they have some type of propulsion systems when it comes to tech? For sure. Um, I just don't know. Like for me, when I look at Bill Nelson, he seems like he believes what he's talking about. But also, I feel like the best way to really get someone to act or do what, you know, maybe misguide them is by giving them the wrong information and creating events that would make them think that there is alien tech. And then they would be 100% believe like we have dot. What does he say? He says, um. Now we have seen types of government vehicles and things to find our origins. That's what he talks. Wow, about. that's so good. <laughs> so I think maybe in a sense. Um, sorry, if my uh, throat wasn't so moist, I would be able to do it better. He talks really, really dry. Like there's oh, so many types of origins. Yeah. 
up in the sky. <laughs> I think, um, you know, maybe he's been fed the wrong information. I mean, if he's looking through a telescope or trying to find types of radar, mon- I guess, some, some types of blips or something to be able to decipher what these things are. I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility to do a secret mission or some type of thing without letting other people know of just exposing your tech that you're creating and make him think that it's aliens. So then he thinks, Oh my God, there's aliens. I better tell the world. Good job. You found aliens and then go tell the world. We'll put you up there that sure. I mean, I just don't see anybody that good of a liar to be able to do that unless they didn't mm-hmm. necessarily believe in what they're researching, which leaves two doors. One it's fucking real. And he's right. Two, he's given the wrong information. He's going down a false fucking narrative like the people that believe in QAnon and shit. Yeah, well, what the UK document from 2000 shows is that the the very secret element of the Ministry of Defense, uh, Defense Intelligence Section 55, which is, uh, you know, the continuation of like the James Bond shit, like uh, MI6, military intelligence, that's now defense intelligence. So it's actually... James Bond was, you know, MI6, this is MI55, uh, in quotes, right? So they're the ones who came up with this study, super secret. They did not tell the government about it. The government was not read into it. Only top managers in very specific Ministry of Defense departments were read into it. So the public facing section of government didn't have to lie in quotes because they actually didn't know about it. So when they're saying, oh, there's nothing but to it, they just weren't read into it. So that's the evidence that we have from another Western government. And so there's, you know, there's reason to believe that's possibly what's happening in the American government, I think, based on that. It's just it's so not certain. confusing. It's so fucking confusing. Yeah, it's wild. And there's nothing rock solid. Um, you know, I, I got into looking at it because, and this is un, somewhat unusual in the community, uh, the final straw for me that broke the camel's back was President Obama coming out and saying, uh, like, I'm being serious. These things are real. Um, and it's like, that was your Obama? I, <laughs> there are things in the skies that uh, we don't know what they are. Fellow Americans, we yeah. are coming together on the UFO topic. Uh, yeah, we'll exactly. discuss. <laughs> Exactly. But it's like, okay, it's exactly the kind of thing you're talking about. It's like, why, why would a former president encourage belief in UFOs? So you don't see the billions of fucking dollars they're spending doing something else. Why the and that's fuck what, yeah. is there the whole Wuhan topic? Everyone's talking about, oh, well, it's not linked to that uh, bat coronavirus research. It's like, first you said there weren't any bats. Then they showed you there were <laughs> bats. And then now you're saying it's not linked to that research. And then it's also not linked to the cells that you've been shoving the fuck. I don't know, man. This is where I start yeah. going. Why are they dropping all this whenever there's a giant thing with Fauci in the news? You always see a new UAP article where I'm like, I mean, are they creating these things or are they doing this on purpose? Are they strategically releasing type of information to be able to distract you? It was like the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Mm-hmm. You had fucking Juicy Smollett the same fucking time. You have all year to do these goddamn trials. Why the hell you got the two of the biggest ones back to back? That's like, are you going to go to the movies? You can only afford one one movie, but there's fucking Avengers. And then there's some other type of movie that's rivaling that. You got to fucking choose. This is a conflict of emotions. You can see half Mm -hmm. and half. That's like what the trial shit. I don't know. It's it's where I start going. There's so much government like strategic planning. I feel like we're just pawns in this giant chessboard of fucking moves that have been going on for hundreds of years. I mm-hmm. mean, the the state of America or the state of whatever is only is, is the state of America, at least country of America is, is only three people old. 
it's not that old. It's like a couple right. hundred years. And you yeah. look at everyone else's history, how long everybody else has been researching this stuff. There's so much of a giant grand scale chessboard of information that we're uh, just a small, we don't even have seats to the fucking table mm-hmm. where I think it gets complicated to be able to see anything on the TV and be able to decipher out what's fucking true. I think you're right. And um, part of what informs my opinion on this subject is that in a university, uh, you know, I also study business administration. And through that, I studied uh, marketing, influence, promotions, and advertising. It wasn't my, you know, major, but I did study those subjects in a number of courses. There's a researcher named Bernays, who in World War One was tasked with developing propaganda. Um, After the war, he wrote about his uh, understanding of human psychology. And he was later employed by cigarette companies and was instrumental in encouraging women to begin smoking um, and by applying his uh, psychological theories. He is the foundation of the modern advertising world. And uh, a lot of the things that he put forward originally are now verified in various ways through you know, studies and things like that. And now the advertising industry is what, a hundred billion a year, probably more than that in the United States alone. Um, His theories were essentially something to the effect of people primarily focus on group affiliation. They don't care about the information content unless it supports group affiliation. People, I mean, this is his way of framing it. People are like cattle and our jobs as public relations people are to be the cowboys who herd the cattle in the directions of our choosing. That's the psychological philosophical foundation of the modern advertising age. And it originated in war propaganda and it's very effective. And that's, you know, why so much money goes into it because it does influence purchasing behavior. One of the most simple uh, influence tactics that I can very easily, uh, very quickly show you uh, is that um, in studies, If you ask someone, let's say, to borrow a pencil and you just say, can I borrow your pencil? There's a roughly maybe 50-50, depends on the circumstances, chance they'll give you that pencil. If you say, can I borrow a pencil because I need a pencil? The odds of them giving it to you go up to like 80% immediately. And the interesting thing about that is that by adding because I need a pencil, it does not add any additional information. It only connects with a way that your brain processes information that it wants a reason any reason to move forward with an action and so you can do these tiny little things that can i mean most uh, some businesses like grocery stores their profit margins are two percent so if you're talking about bumping something from 50 to 80 percent the potential profit margin you could extract from that is you know outrageous so you see there's a tiny example of something that can rapidly inflate into something very important well, I um I did a episode recently, um, and it was like I was in a psychological chess match. The person was a studies. <laughs> well, the person was studying philosophy, and then it was like this overall thing of like, well, then, like, like the question I asked you in the beginning, what color do you want your background? Yes, okay. I want it purple. He goes, oh, that's a weird question to ask. There must be a specific. And it was psychoanalyzing every single thing I was saying. It was like, and then in middle mid conversation, I'm like. I'm like, I usually just say what's on my mind. Like, if you know how you feel, you know how you say you should be able to easily convey it, not sit there and strategically plot point your fucking sayings. He goes, 
Yeah, kind of like when you asked me in the beginning of like what color I liked. I was like, no, I got new fucking lights. Like it's it's not his fault or it's not that person's fault. It's an aspect of like some people feel like everything's kind of like a weird thing. You have to kind of walk on eggshells and it's some type of Mm. psychological trick. Half the time I'm in a fucking intellectual chess match when I do these things. I don't even realize I'm fucking in. Like I'm fucking yeah. playing a game I didn't know I had a fucking ticket to. It's like being in a relationship with a narcissist. Like it's just fucking difficult. But I, yeah. I mean, I'm not mad at people for doing that, but it's the best way with that example as I can describe is it the words that you say. Are you giving people, especially it's a trick in psychology, are you giving people options and avenues to be able to choose a certain determined answer? Which is like, if I tell you, uh, I could change the lights. What lights do you want to change it to blue? And I just say it right out the back before I even let you have a chance to answer. You're like, yeah, I would like to do blue. It would just puts the fucking image in your fucking head. And I switch them to blue. It's that yep. it's something as simple as that lockdown and quarantine, same fucking thing, two different meanings to the word. One, you're a good person. One, you're a piece of shit. Like you're a prisoner. That's how they've always, it's, it's always the wording of shit, man. You add one yep. sentence here, it changes the whole fucking thing. It changes the whole meaning of that word, the tone, the conveying thing, the technology has reduced everything fucking to. And I mean, they do that with advertising and marketing. I mean, the whole factor is they used to have posters of like kids smoking cigarettes and it was a poster ad for Marlboro. That was like propaganda. Yeah. Like it's fucking intense. It's, well, it's like it, the Flintstones. It's like they, the ad, the ads in the Flintstones originally were for cigarettes. And like, it was like, you know, um, Bonnie well, Fred, a rubble. Fred, okay. No, you can look up on you. It's hilarious, man. Like Fred Flintstone comes out with a pack of cigarettes. He's like, ah, oh, this is fantastic. It's like, holy crap. <laughs> I but uh, no, you're right. Okay. It's like George Orwell, like George Orwell, right? He was, uh, once again, propaganda world war two for the British government, uh, George Orwell, 1984, obviously he worked for like, you know, military intelligence, which later became the uh, defense intelligence, which did the UFO report. He based the ministry of truth in 1984 on the ministry of intelligence. And because he recognized exactly what you're saying, that words can change the way people think which is not how we instinctively think about it. And all of this stuff, I want to be clear, this is manipulation. I'm not in favor of these advertising tactics. I uh, have an interest in studying them because that's the most effective way you can counter them, but I don't employ them actively. And I, you know, I'm very critical of the uh, modern uh, advertising uh, culture. And that's part of why I like uh, a lot of Noam Chomsky's work which i know is uh people get caught up on his political views which is fair enough but fucking name every time yes gets me i know it's because like you know radical uh leftist anarchists like you know use his name and like use certain elements of his philosophy to support his views but libertarians could be doing the exact same thing yeah that's all i but he has Don't spare and you know uh, I know that is an issue with citing him, but I just want to point out that he does have some really good uh, information on being critical of advertising and institutions of power that are not political uh, books. They are purely critical of positions of power and the mechanisms that they use to reinforce and strengthen that power system. Well, when I was uh, taking psychology in school, I was doing papers on MK Ultra, and yeah. largely a lot of people think that's a conspiracy thing as well, too. But it recently, like bringing it back to the Black Vault website, he posted articles about MK Ultra and talked yeah. about each area, Russia, China's information process of being able to kind of sow seeds of doubt 
or these types of mind kind of control uh, tactics that have been used. Now, mind control is as simple as just programming on television, being able to show you a certain thing. And then next year you're like, oh, I'm hungry. Restaurants do it with color therapy. Red induces right. more hunger. Um, these types of things that happen. I mean, the interesting thing about remote viewing that's kind of tied in with that is that MK Ultra, all that mind control stuff, Charles Manson, whatever you want to say, the remote viewing thing that we were talking about earlier, that, I mean, that happened to stayed away from me there. I mean, not stayed away from me. Actually, my mom went to that high school where they used to keep goats for the movie Men Who Stare at Goats. That's yeah, based on okay. a real government project where they used to try and stop a goat's heart by using the power of their fucking mind. That was near my mom's high school. They kept the fucking goats there. Like, that's a real yeah. thing. Uh, Stranger Things was supposed to be uh, based on a real government project called it was a thing at Fort Hero where they actually had people and they had the, the little children, their head shaved, trying to create psychological warriors as an account of one of them actually opening up a portal to another dimension. That's the whole metaphysical side of things is talking about another dimension. That's what they think all this is, right. is, is a dimensional time travel thing. Same thing with people with psychedelics. They talk about the same thing of because your mind bends in a weird way where you start being able to think you can move particles and change the atom consistency in your body to be able to phase through fucking walls and shit. That's how men yeah. who stare goats starts. The dude runs headfirst into a fucking wall thinking he can go through and he bounces off of it and hits the ground. Obi-Wan's in it. You um, and oh, McGregor. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's it's a great film, but like you start finding out like that's all real shit. Like they were using LSD to try and manipulate people and try and bend their mind to think that their mind could reach another type of angle. Maybe we've just been conditioned to see the world differently ever since our eyes were first exposed out of the womb. I have no fucking clue. Um, I just start to think of like maybe that could be a thing of blending through the cracks. That's what the metaphysical people think. I'm more into the weather phenomenon type thing, but to say that there isn't some type of mind control type of programming to make you fight with other people that are in the same exact fucking goal as you. I don't think that's just the community. I think that's fucking everyone, man. There's a large amount of people that just aren't happy with themselves and they want to take it out on someone else, or they're not happy with someone dismissing their ideas because everything seems like attack on social media. That's why I prefer these. Like if you message me, if you get more than a fucking sentence out of me, good on you because I can't do it. I have to physically see you or talk to you or do something in this form because messaging gets so construed sometimes. And I think that's part and parcel of like why is twitter blocking so many things now you're starting to see so much misinformation go they say fact checkers they go after a recent fact check off a popular podcast episode with this and it's fucking joe rogan i'm like what are the you're fucking straight up just picking through the shit now like it gets so difficult because everything gets taken out of context share mm -hmm. tweet like subscribe all the it's just Oh, I just want to eat a muffin and relax. Like, what the fuck are we talking about here, man? Like, I just have to shut the phone off sometimes and fucking just stare at my fucking ceiling and just be like. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you can go down the uh, metaphysical rabbit hole pretty deep. And, um, you know, the, probably the biggest person that uh, influenced the shift of uh, UFOs into sort of the more uh, supernatural versus being like they call it nuts and bolts uh ufos so like you know tangible like craft with being operated by actual extraterrestrials jacques volet you know he was a um well, he worked in the astronomy department at um what is it northwestern uh, under j allen hynek who was the chair of the uh, astronomy department there and also served as the uh prime investigator for the u.s air force's project blue book he ended up, uh, J. Allen Hynek ended up being one of the most prominent UFO researchers and advocated for eyewitnesses after interviewing so many, he became convinced there was actually something happening. And so Jacques Vallée was his uh, 
well, he sort of worked for him for a time, and now he uh, does his own UFO research. He's, uh, you know, quite old now, like 80 or something, but he has like dozens of books. He motivated the shift from nuts and bolts to the more metaphysical thing because, and he wrote a, a article about this uh, that's called uh, The Reasons Why UFO, I can't remember the, the exact title, but it's something like Reasons Why UFOs Are Not Material Craft. And that sounds contradictory, but he's like one of the most prominent UFO people. What he argues is based on taking the subject extremely seriously, interviewing so many eyewitnesses, all this stuff, and you know, going from the starting point of saying, okay, these are uh, objects that are being seen. He came to the conclusion that it is not reasonable to think that they are alien vessels. Now, this is one of the most prominent UFO people who has held up on a pedestal. People don't read this article often because they don't like the uh, implications in some ways. He, after taking it seriously, talking to these people, is like, this doesn't make any sense from like an intelligent, uh, uh, you know, extraterrestrial craft visiting Earth to some understandable goal. Makes no sense based on the eyewitness observations. Now, one way of interpreting that could be, oh, maybe similar to ball lightning. That's why it's erratic, doesn't seem to make sense. Why is it doing this? Why is it doing that? Why does it seem to zap some people? Why does it seem to ignore some people? Why does it not move in any reasonable way? One way of saying that is, oh, maybe it's a natural phenomenon. Jacques Vallée's argument is, well, maybe it's supernatural, interdimensional energy beings. And that's his argument. Like, so since it doesn't make sense for them based on observables to be ET craft, Valet says, well, maybe that's supernatural interdimensional, uh, you know, energy beings. The other view could be maybe it's ball lightning. We don't know. Again, I want to reinforce that very strongly. It's not, it's not proven one way or the other. And I don't want people listening to this to think that I'm saying like, it is all natural phenomena. We don't know that. We have reason to believe that these exceptional natural phenomena do exist, but we do not have sufficient evidence to say that all UFOs are these natural phenomena. And the most interesting part of the whole thing is maybe that the true natural phenomena are being taught, are being used to throw away the truly exceptional, like, uh, you know, abnormal, uh, non-human intelligence things that people think are happening. I fucking... You don't God, know. <laughs> I don't know. Did dude. I go too deep on that one? You went way know. too deep. I got lost in the okay. for a minute. No, no, that's fair. Uh, like, long story short, is that researchers in the UFO thing uh, see the connection to the supernatural through the observed behaviors of this thing, and one way of interpreting that is this uh, sort of interdimensional, more abstract. Um, sort of almost like a godlike intelligence that is simply a trick, being a trickster is how he defines it, which is sort of like representative of this historic kind of, you know, devil or Loki or whatever. Great, thing. Loki I mean, from the fucking Avengers is here. That's wonderful. Yeah, well, and that's one way of seeing it. And that's why the folklore stuff's so cool because they primarily focus on why are people interpreting this in different ways? And you could say, I'm interpreting it from a scientific lens because that's my culture. And maybe that, means that I'm totally off base. You know, there's reasons to think that the scientific method is the best way to collect evidence, but maybe that's not true. You know, and then you see someone else like Jacques Vallée, he's interpreting it an entirely different way. And maybe there's a reason for that. And then there's a religious person saying that it's an angel and maybe there's a reason for that. And then there's a, a pagan in the forest in Northern Norway saying that it's a elf. 
because the uh, elves are you know too bright to look upon in the mythology maybe that's uh, what's going on maybe it's an elf it's we don't fucking, know it's fucking fleet the flop and the floop dudes yeah it's the floop <laughs> that's maybe what that could be that that might I forgot be. who it was that said that i think it was from pineapple express where he's smoking weed in the beginning he's like it's bleep flop in the fucking floop dudes <laughs> right um, right we've been talking for two hours campbell uh yeah man where can people find, it's always a pleasure having you dude i love chatting with you man um oh i love chatting with you too it's always uh, a lot of fun and uh, you make me think about things in different ways that <laughs> i don't necessarily get challenged on so i like that a lot i'm um, sure we'll have many episodes more down the tank but where can people find you uh your link yeah. uapstudy.com uh yeah that's the website and then just uh, mainly i post on twitter and it's just at uapstudy I'll link it all in the description. Uh, is there anything we'll let the people know before we tune out the broadcast? Uh, I don't think so. Just, uh, you know, keep listening to this show. Go back in the uh, archives and look at some of the episodes. There's so much content. Uh, I really do think that anybody coming into this show uh, fresh, like, uh, would, you know, do themselves a favor to look over it because your show has so much, uh, such a wide variety of things. It's extremely interesting and everybody can find something that they like. So, uh, you know, I, I would just say that. Did you just promote me at the end of my own show? Well, I guess uh, <laughs> I'm promoting a very specific aspect. Okay. Going back and looking at stuff. <laughs> Fair. I can't get mad at that. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. And stay tuned for our next episode.